stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. You're live on the Daily Maverick Show on cliffcentral.com. Just after 1 p.m., just about to dig in. Got some of my favorite people in studio. Greg Nicholson, Richard Pawlak, Ranjani Munasami. I just said Richard Public. I'm, I'm sorry, man. No, no, it's... Uh, your show, man. <laughs> so I get to just, I just get to just you say whatever I want with no corrections. Yeah. Yeah. So the big question is, what did you guys do for the president's birthday last week? Anything, anything awesome? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I something. jumped out of a cake. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was a huge surprise. Okay. Just myself. So covered in whipped cream, like I'm, yeah, I'm just like, you know, it's Jay Z's birthday. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Seventy four, big number. If you're <laughs> if you're following us, you can tweet us. Remember, at DM shows that day. We love hearing from you. Um, I saw Ranjani calling somebody home slice just now. I'm not. I'm not sure that, that was that was me. It was Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty. You know, we yeah. um we don't really come from the same neck of the woods, but you know, we can imagine it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now to jump into what we actually want to talk about, uh, Richard Pop, like I'd love to start with you, man. You were actually in PE for the the launch of the ANC manifesto, and mm. I'd love to hear, you know, how it was, just the whole atmosphere. How did the launch go? How was it received? The whole shebang. Well, it's a really, it was a really, really weird weekend. I mean, there was such a strange vibe in the city in the sense that, uh, you, you know, for such a big political event like this one, you would have expected, um, so the ANC people who you encountered to be much more jacked up and much more kind of into it. Uh, they weren't. It was all sort of, it was all sort of, I want to say doom and gloom, but there was, there was not, uh, there certainly wasn't the usual kind of intense party vibe that you get at mm. one of these, uh, mm. at one of these things. Um, and, and then there was, there was, of course, all of the su- stuff that I saw, but apparently I didn't see. So what I, what I mean by this is all of the dispute about how many people were in the stadium mm. um, when, uh, when Jacob Zuma, when the president walked in with his contingent. Um, I, I took a picture that, that sort of from the far end of the stadium that depicted the presidential detail walking by what was largely an empty block of seats, probably, probably 10,000 seats that hadn't been, that hadn't been occupied yet. And that was sort of telling in the sense that although the, the stadium sort of – it never got to capacity at any point. Mm. We were promised 110,000 people, then 100,000 people, and then, you know, I would argue maybe, maybe 32 or 33,000 people uh, were in the stadium at any, at any given point. Um, so there was that sort of dispute that was going on, and that sort of spoke to the fact that there was no excitement in, in the area, and that was clear – why that's a political story is because it's clear that the branches just couldn't be motivated to get people mm. on the buses mm. and get people out there. Um, and that was sort of what we were hearing. Um, organizationally, uh, usually the ANC, uh, I think Ranjani will back me up. Usually they're very, very good with this kind of thing. Uh, there didn't seem to be the impetus this, this time around. A lot of what people were saying to me was that people were just demoralized. Um, you know, if it was quite funny watching ANC Twitter which is, um, these, you know, these psychophants and also, um, it's, it's a whole group of people who, who defend anything. So there's Jimmy Mani, there's, um, some of the ANC, ANC spokespeople mm. in government. Um, and they were saying, no, it's people moving away from the sun. Hmm. Oh, so, so, they're so they're migrating away, uh, you know, like so that's no why people. it looks like it's empty. <laughs> but in order to move out of the sun, you yeah. had to move to empty seats in the shade. No, I think you actually had to move to Botswana. I, I mean, I, <laughs> it, it was so hot. I, I don't, I don't know where you would, there, there wasn't like any shade anywhere. But, um, okay, so 
like north of the Kavango River. <laughs> I, I think that's where you had to move to. But yeah. the thing is that um, the, I think it was a bill that the president would mm. speak around 11. Um, and it, it just kept, kept being pushed later mm. and later because they thought the buses would oh, arrive. The and there were, there were these announcements from um, Baleka Mbeta saying that they're on the way. They're coming. Uh, taxis have gone to go and fetch, uh, you know, people from, from this place and that place. And they just never arrived. And what was fascinating for me was watching the faces of the NC officials on stage mm. because they looked distraught they were so glum uh you know there's no there wasn't that like festival atmosphere that they, that. that you normally mm. get mm. at nc rallies and you know they they know how how to put these things on but you know the whole thing i i, I don't know why there was this pall over the event um because even the national anthem sounded so crap mm. Uh, I, mean, I don't know who they got to sing it. I mean, that's one thing you do. You start off with the national anthem. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a rousing rendition of the anthem and everyone feels good and you go from there. But you know, once that went to pot and then there were all these prayers, did you listen to the, the content of the prayers? I, I was standing I, I, as I'm in, saying was, this sentence, I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> asking Richard Palmer. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I was standing in the sun having my brain melted. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I did. the one guy you can't was say saying, the prayers. The prayers were bad. Reggie. The prayers, were, no, the prayers were like close to the bone. It, they were saying things like, "We must forgive each other for these big mistakes we've made." <laughs> so, like, stop tweeting everyone and you know behind with the, behind <laughs> who, these who, people. Yeah, who was like, giving the prayers? The ANC Women's League. No, no, no. They gave. They have a, a whole lot of people from different religious denominations. No, I was joking. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it was like, please pray for our sins and like save us. That's so sweet. It, it was, it was very strange. And then, of course, you have these, these, like I say, the ANC can, can put these things on in their sleep. Easy. They really can. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, Gwede was sleeping. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it was just strange watching these like partially clad dancers shaking their butts in front of these 60 year old, you know, men and women from the, from, from the ANC, uh, top six. It was just, the whole thing w- was off. And I think that comes from the fact that there's just so much trouble uh, in the Eastern Cape uh, in general and in Nelson Mandela Bay municipality. Mm, yeah, I think people are assuming this is like, this is national symptom of the ANC's national stance, but I wonder how much of it is just local politics in Nelson Mandela Bay. Look, there's also the temptation to say, well, maybe they didn't work hard enough. They didn't mobilize. Mm. I think they worked really hard. And that's why they looked so worried because they worked hard, but people didn't want to yeah. come. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like that that movie. You build it, and people will come. So they put mm-hmm. this thing on, thinking people will come people as will they come. normally do, which people do. You know, like wherever the NC goes, people do uh, pitch up in large numbers, it's and they just show. didn't. Mm-hmm. I I think if it was so, some of the excuses that have been used, you know, has been that they didn't pay the buses in advance because um, in the past the buses the bus operators have had problems, you know, mm-hmm. with the these going through the ANC or. Or so if if it was just a screw up from the ANC in terms of organisational pure logistical, I think that's even more worrying because you'd think that they like they're under such pressure to have a good turnout for this event, and and if they would have put you know if they didn't even care or if they didn't do it right or if you know if they just messed things up, what does that say about like how their ability to actually run something? But they they were preparing for 110,000 people to to arrive. Mm. So, you know, out of that number, how many can have transport problems? You know, people, if they want to come, they'll Mm. make their way there. Of course. Yeah. And and, uh, again, 
this was the weird thing about the whole setup. Where were they going to put 110,000 people? In the overflow. The NC always has an overflow area in what, right. whichever stadium because they prepare. So they put tents outside and no, no, sort of they, they, they have like an open field. Okay. Or, or I think the, there it was the aquarium or something, but they have big screens. Makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it was in the, was it the Daily Dispatch or one of the newspapers? There was an explanation from, from one ANC official in Eastern Cape talking about how and why they didn't come. And said so there's a problem where these guys just, you know, you get on a bus, you come down to PE, then you just end up spending your time at a beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the end I of love that, that idea. The end yeah, of that was that they then had mini launches at the beach for the people who went <laughs> to the beach. And yeah, that was that. amazing. So maybe we were just looking at the wrong launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they should have hit there the beach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so my big question on this has just been, is it just the, the, the risk or the decision to hold this in Nelson Mandela Bay? Is this just a symptom of... A bad call. Well, what they wanted to do, I think, is that, you know, sh- shock PE, the, mm. the shock and awe treatment. So you, you, uh, you parade out all the top six officials, the NEC, um, you know, you, you, you paint the townships green and gold and, you know, people will, will get sort of enamored yeah. with that ANC brand and, and fall in love with the ANC again. Mm. You must know that is, that's the, the, uh, the home ground of yeah. this, of the ANC. So, you know, surely, um, people will see that and remember the romance of the ANC and, uh, and, and just want to, you know, not only, uh, arrive at the rally, but also vote ANC. And, and that was a big plan. Uh, the, but the problem was that, during the week when they were going out, mm. they were not getting the turnouts they expected. And then you had some area where people were really angry and demonstrating. And then you had the incident with the president of the NC Women's League where uh, she got chased away and then burst into tears. And then there were some allegations made about her not being fully sober at, the, at that point. Um and then, you know, the big demonstration was then the, uh, you know, the turnout at the, mm. at the actual rally. Mm. So, you know, there were, there were symptoms throughout the week. But as I say, I think that they did try really hard. Okay. But if they, if the idea was to bring out these big personalities in the ANC yeah. and use them as the draw card, therein lies the problem because you go back to who are those people in the NEC? Who knows David Mashlobo in the Eastern Cape? They've never know, uh, heard of him before. They, they would know Malusi Gigaba um, because he's been around. He's been the, the president of the, the ANC Youth League and things. So they would know him. Who is Colin Maine? I mean, who knew <laughs> him before he yeah. became elected ANC Youth League president? Mm. So it's all these people and you expect people to run out of their homes and go, yay, yay, you know, like Kanye West has arrived. And they don't know those people. Who's going to like rock up to see them? Uh, one thing I'm interested in, Richard, is what was the feeling on the ground like about the DA in the area? Obviously, the DA is pushing very, very hard to win Nelson Mandela Bay under uh, Athel Trollope. Yeah, I actually sat down with Athel Trollope. And, and again, you know, I think there's a – I think, you know, speaking to him, he uh, – there's this, this sort of strange disconnect that I think occurs within the DA, and it happens all the time. I said to him, what about the perceptions of a white male um, running for mayor in this in this town in this traditional uh, ANC stronghold. What are the optics there? Um, th- there's a dozen ways you could have sliced this. Why? Why you? Yeah. And he looked at me like I'm insane and said, "What optics? What difference does it make? <laughs> we we have no quotas in the ANC. We don't worry about that. What's race got to do with it? The ANC are the people who do who, who race bait and deal with all of that stuff. Not us. We have nothing to do with it. It's all in someone's imagination. So." Once again, you have this disconnect between the DA upper upper structures 
and the rest of the planet, I suppose, um, in, in, in what would be a decent candidate to run in the ANC's heart. Okay, mm. literally what you're doing is you're crawling in to the heart of this organization and planning to detonate it from the inside of it. Okay, now that's a fairly intricate operation, which the DA are doing with bulldozers, you, you know, and uh, I, I don't, I just don't know if it's going to play out for them. Um, I think their natural cap anywhere, uh, but, but in particular in a place like the Eastern Cape or, or Nelson Mandela Bay would be in the mid 40s. Um, now what happens with, you, you know, uh, members of COPE, if there are any left and, and uh, the EFF UDM. or, uh, pardon me, UDM, uh, um, the EFF, they could cobble together a co- coalition that goes a little higher than, than 50%. But, but one thing Trollope does know is mm. he's, he's a very seasoned politician and he understands the, the, both the benefits of coalition politics. Obviously the DA came into the Western Cape on the back of a very shaky uh, co- coalition, mm. but obviously we're, we're able to build on that and build on that and build on that. Um, but they are very dangerous coalitions. Now, what what a coalition in Nelson Mandela Bay would look like, where you literally have to go councillor to councillor and start getting people out of the jail because the patronage network is so tight there, and the rot goes so deep and has been there for so long. Um, not only do they need to get it get into the, the, as the, as high a vote as they possibly can, then likely put a coalition together. Then they have to start governing, and that's when the real danger mm. starts, if you ask me. So I, I don't think they're in a particularly amazing position there, t- to be honest. Anything in the manifesto that should worry them? We actually haven't talked about the actual manifesto. <laughs> the that manifesto. Was the manifesto like, no one's talking about the actual manifesto. The manifesto yeah. is an absolute joke. The, the manifesto is, is probably the most dispiriting uh, element of this whole discussion. I mean, when the embargo was lift, lifted and Jay-Z was droning on, uh, reading out, uh, I guess the bullet points of the manifesto. This thing landed on, on our, on our laps. And it's again a wishy washy version of good story to tell. There's no actual, I mean, you've, you've, you've looked at this thing. You, you, I'm sure you would agree with me. Uh, there's just nothing in there that you can hold on to. It's, it's like going to a blockbuster movie and walking out of it and you don't know who the superhero was that you just saw. You don't remember any of the plot. All you remember is like some vague coloration and some noise. That's all. Well, I think it was a, a lot of it was a repetition of what was in the January 8th mm. statement okay. and the state of the nation address. So it's a lot of re- recycled stuff. And there were some parts where you wanted to just laugh out mm. loud. Um, but like, it makes sense that it's consistent with the state of the nation. Address, no? It does, yeah. but you're talking about local government here. So, you know, there's, there's a complete focus <laughs> here on, on local government. Okay. And, um, I mean, the, the way the president started off was, um, you know, we, uh, is, is, is talking up the constitution. And I don't know how that 33,000 people just didn't fall about laughing in the stadium when he did that. They were moving to the shade. They were moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were moving yeah. to the shade. Remember, it was yeah. hot. Yeah. The brains were baked. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, uh, somebody obviously thought it was a great idea for the president to stand up in front of the nation and talk up the constitution. And, you know, that will, that will patch over everything and it'll make him look good. It's, it's a good message. Except that, you know, you have an emperor there with no clothes. And, uh, you know, then turning around and mooning you with mm. no clothes. 
you know, <laughs> that that's the image you get because, you know, after after violating the constitution, mm. then not apologizing for violating the constitution, but apologizing for confusion about Nkanda. So that whole thing is hanging, and and then there's there, there's actually no accountability for that violation of the constitution. Then you say I violated violated the constitution, but still, yay, we upload uphold the constitution. Then the second love big, the constitution, love. yeah. Yeah. The second big irony then was performance agreements for mm. councillors. Oh. But there are performance agreements for ministers. Have you anybody ever seen it or seen anybody held to account for their performance? Mm. You've got a whole department of monitoring and evaluation that is supposed to do precisely that. What is it doing? So how do you think that it's going to suddenly translate in local councils that's so far removed from the top, you know, and you expect to just impose this, um, uh, this policy and think it's going to work magic on the ground and it'll suddenly satisfy, satisfy mm. every dissatisfied community around the country. I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry, just hopping back to that, that, that point about the constitution. Mm. There's times when I really do feel like my sanity is just going to shred in this job. And that, that was, that was one of them. When I'm standing, I'm, I'm standing in the stadium watching this guy talk about the constitution. There was another mo- moment that that sort of was cued for me from back in the uh, back of the 2014 national elections, where I was on a road. Uh, I was I was on a uh, road show, I guess, with 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 uh, President Zuma and his contingent, and we were walking through a very very maligned ta- township in uh, Sasselburg. And he stops off at this house. This 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 young family had had clearly been doing some renovations to this house. Now keep in mind, this is right after Tuli Maroncela's secure and comfort report dropped we're probably three weeks into the scandal and he says to these people tell me about your renovations <laughs> and er- everyone kind of looks at each other like and what? stops and looks and, and he's looking at this young man and the young man and me lock eyes and he looks at me he's like is this shit actually happening I, know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean are we together he, he looked at me like with a mixture of terror and just like it's like he could see his soul just separate and go up into the vaporous air and, and this is another one of these things. You know, when I say the, D, the DA is completely disconnected from reality, uh, you can see where they get it from. There, there is real disconnect in this country between our politicians and what is actually happening uh, in the known universe. No, I think on the manifesto, so the ANC's sort of slogan for these elections mm. is advancing people's power. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure exactly what that means, you know. Ranjani talked about how this idea of holding councillors accountable, mm. and Zuma mentioned that. And that seems to be the centre of it. Mm. But, uh, but also, I think one of the other things and, and that Zuma mentioned in his January 8th statement that he repeated here is about how trying to make the, the process of electing um, Candidate councillors um, democratic, mm. whereas in the past some communities were angry where lists were imposed, councillors were yeah. imposed on them. So trying to sort of stop those problems by ensuring that they are elected by the branch branch leaders. But that he's mentioned that before, and I don't think people are going to have such. I think me, some members might have faith in that, but it's not a big well, selling this, this point. This is also being said in the, the context of a municipality in which a celebrity candidate that's right yeah. was imposed into the yeah. mayoral that's exactly right. position. So then you know it's like, are you are you, are you for real? Mm. I mean, no. And then the the other big message, supposedly mm. in the manifesto, is the anti-corruption message. Mm. So you know, with all of this, I, it's it's somebody who's so highly compromised, who's presenting these messages, and the ANC still accept expects to sell these messages and get people to vote on the ba- on the basis of it. And then I think with like the bread and basic sort of issues yeah. of you know so services, growing the economy, mm. um, employment, and how municipalities can can do that better. I don't think there are any real 
there was nothing new and nothing emphasized even. So obviously, I think, like you said, the ANC does have to stick on a sort of uh, stable trajectory yeah, according to its yeah. policy, but yeah. it didn't highlight anything different. It didn't emphasize anything new. And I think at least in sort of as a campaigning tool, it has to like highlight some things as to what it's going to do. And it doesn't have any, doesn't have any options or ideas. You know, there's a really, really interesting and very important piece in the Daily Maverick today, written by Marion Merton, that uh, that sums up a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of data recently re- released by uh, Stats South Africa mm. with regard to youth development in this country, mm. and the notion, at least according to the numbers, that there has been no change since apartheid. In fact, there's been a decline yeah. in terms of youth employment, youth opportunities, youth education, and all of the stuff. So once again, when the ANC is, is Going around, especially a, uh, a municipality like Nelson Mandela Bay, where youth unemployment is something staggering, like 42%, uh, maybe even a bit higher. Um, you know, and then there's all these numbers that are kind of dumped on our lap on a Tuesday morning that back up what people are saying in these municipalities. Nothing's changed. We're desperate. There's no work. There's no development. Help us. Um, and you get... Uh, an election manifesto which says everything's cool but we've got to make a couple of tweaks here and there you know mm. I, I, I don't know who's going to be buying this and tell me if i'm wrong but didn't mm. that report say that in fact it's either so so progress and opportunities have either stagnated or regressed for black youth yes whereas other races yeah. have got more opportunities yes. now yes, yes 100%. which is this was specific shocking to, to african youth um and I, I would say that that in the context of the Western Cape, uh, pardon me, the Eastern Cape, especially uh, uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, the coloured community has been completely forgotten, absolutely forgotten. So, um, you know, it's it's a community in in real real trouble. One of the things I try to emphasise in my piece is how nothing has optically changed in Port, in Port Elizabeth um, since I remember from 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 being a kid during the apartheid years. I drove in there, I almost fainted. I mean, it was unbelievable. Nothing has changed. The, the the town is set up for rich white people and rich black people to enjoy a very, very nice lifestyle. And there are a very, very small slice of the population in that town. The rest of the people are not doing well. Okay. That's 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 really sort of sobering listening in terms of the and manifesto. You know, that's that's the irony yeah. of of the the NC presenting this manifesto as if it's coming out with this whole new big mm-hmm. plan for changer. local government, yeah. a local government, and it isn't. It's been there, and um, you know, the other thing that I think would be a signal of um of of the poor performance of municipalities mm. is in consecutive auditor general reports. Mm. Which shows a rollover of budgets, um, you know, the misspending, the abuse of funds. Um, and, you know, most mis- municipalities in the country are controlled by the ANC. Yeah. Um, and where's this good story to tell? In, in that manifesto, it should have said, this is, was the situation with municipality X. This was how much was underspent. This is how much abuse of funds there were. This was how much under delivery. In this period of time, this is how we've been able to change it. With the, with the, with the new councillors that we've we've deployed um, in in the in the last election, and use that comparative studies to show how people's lives have improved, how the rate of delivery has improved. That's how you tell a good story, you know. You don't just come and uh, recycle old stuff and present it as being new mm, and mm. expect people, you know, to just swallow it and not question it. Hundred percent. Imagine hearing from the people themselves who've been a benefit, you know, benefited from those services and having a regular person come up and say, you know what? Well, 10 years ago, XYZ was like this and now, 
you know, it's not. It's different. It's better. Well, the problem is that yeah. when people do try and tell yeah. the NC, like the, the the community that was trying to yeah. tell the NC Women's League president, her yeah, response yeah, was that, that, what actually that happened she would have be- beaten yeah. them up if she didn't st- st- face the risk of being disciplined. That was her comment. <laughs> Sorry, could, what, when did this happen? What happened? You know the yeah. day when they when they when they refused for her to speak. Yes, right. So when she was in, head of when the P- NC Women's League down in PE. Yes. So she went the to this community yeah. to campaign. Yeah. They shouted her down. They refused for. Her to let her speak she burst into tears they then point out that she's crying because she's drunk and that was the allegation and then like the NC officials they are trying to do damage control thereafter the later the afternoon um, journalists then interview her to say like what happened and her response was if I didn't face the prospect of being disciplined by the NC I would have beaten those people up it's like a Trump rally <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what happens if, if she takes all those people and they sit down in a field or in a hall and just talk for a bit. And I know this, this sounds so airy fairy and it sounds so, you know, peace, love and happiness. But what, what happens there if we just talk for a bit and hear what are the actual issues aside from them accusing her of being No, drunk no but I think, I, I think the, yeah. the people in, in Nelson Mandela Bay municipality have been speaking for a long while. Yeah. I mean, I, th- there's nothing, there's nothing secretive. You, you know, Jesse Duarte, when you speak to her, it's always about a media agenda. Or an internet agenda. Yes. The internet is out to get Jesse Duarte and the rest of the top <laughs> six and the ANC in general. The internet. Um, but, but there's no secret to, to what is troubling municipalities like Nelson Mandela Bay. No one's been hiding. It's not like, oh, we, we've just been, you know, you sort of take a, a fake house away from your shack and it's like, oh, no, look, we're, we're living in shacks. You, you know, no one's hiding anything. Mm. Um, all of these are long established issues. Um, and they have to change. Uh, Jesse Duarte fascinates me, I must say. Uh, 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 in every interview I saw her doing in the run-up to uh, the, the rally, she was saying, um, Nkandla is not an issue. People don't want to talk to us about it. They, they, they're not asking questions about it. Um, and that shows the perspective of the mm-hmm. ANC officials. Because nobody's going to come and say, why did you build a swimming pool? The, what you're dealing there is a perception of a um, NC leadership that is disconnected, that can see a project like that go, um, you know, see, see, see state funds misspent in the way it was, then deny accountability uh, for it, and then rubbish the constitution to cover up for it, and then come out here and say, oh, what can we do for you? You know, so this, this is the approach to it. They don't realize that there's been, uh, people have been insulted for several years mm. on issues like Nkandla. And now they, they, you know, they want to go out to people and say, you know, we come, we're coming at you, uh, at you because we care mm. about you. Mm. You know, we want to, to give you what you want. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know how, how they cannot see the problem with doing that and, and still believe that issues like Nkandla is, is not a problem for, for the broad South African community. It's bizarre. And I mean, that is, that really is where Jessie Duarte lives. She lives in that gap between, you know, sort of reality and perception. It's, 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 it's astonishing. I mean, and I, I'm not entirely sure yeah. she's a big fan of uh, you, and Jenny. Uh, no, I don't think many people in the are big fans. She's like, when I try to speak, yeah. she's like, no, we don't, we don't. Daily Maverick's not a good place for us to speak these days. And well, I can see her sort of conjuring you up in her eyes. <laughs> 
Well, the, I think the pit, uh, you, you know, of, 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 of places that are, uh, where the NC feels comfortable speak, to speak, it's so narrow now. Mm. It's like one quarter of the SABC and the New Age. That's yeah. basically where quarter, they feel comfortable. Like the, the yeah. thing, <laughs> because, I mean, they're not stupid yeah. people at the SABC. They're some really good journalists there, you know, who ask hard penetrating mm. questions. Mm. Uh, it's just that, you know, that they don't get the, um, the, the, the requisite sque- screen time. And when they do, it irritates. ANC, like what Faith Mutambi did. Uh, one journalist asked her pressing questions when mm. she was out there, and she um, got that show canned, and uh, the reporter has been suspended. So, you know, uh, <laughs> there, there is a very real problem in terms of how the ANC relates to the media because they believe that the media is behind their downfall and refuse to do any kind of introspection to see what they themselves have done to contribute to that. Is any quick question before we play a quick commercial? Um, perhaps what Jesse Duarte is trying to say is that the the Nkandla issue perhaps is largely a how thing affecting thing, and, and in terms of how how it's in terms of how it's affected people's perceptions of the ANC. And I'm not, I don't completely disagree with this. That a lot of this is happening on social media, a lot of it is happening in really big cities, a lot of it in how thing, and that local elections is a lot about much more local issues. Would you Would you agree with that? I don't, I don't think, I look, I think that there is generally more hype around uh, the, the national scandals in areas like Houting yeah. where there's more of a media presence. Mm, we so, care about things like the constitution. Right? Yes. Yeah, so in, in, in so Houting. In rural areas? I don't think they don't care, but it just, how does no. it affect me no, you know, I, I, having water you know, and electricity? My, my sense yeah. is this. The Nkandla issue is a very, very emotive issue. It's very emotive. It's about housing. It's, it's about, it's about where, where you, you know, a guy has misspent taxpayers money the people's money on a big 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 house when so few people have uh, you know have, have the, the, where the land issue really hasn't been addressed so i think it's a really really emotive issue and i think we're we're sort of kidding ourselves the issue is what are the what else where else do people turn no, but I, I didn't quite finish what I was saying mm. that yes, it is an issue in, yeah. in urban areas because there's more of a, a media saturation, yeah. but there is a general awareness throughout the country. Okay. Nobody in this country doesn't know about Nkandla. Everybody is aware of it. Everybody is aware of the abuse around it. Mm. It's the, the NC is reliant on rural South Africans being able to forgive the NC because, um, you know, they, they, they have other priorities. That, that's how they rationalize it. And they also have this enduring belief that people in r- rural areas would be more likely to believe that President Zuma is, was entitled to mm. that amount of money okay. being spent on his home. They be, they, they, they're trying to rely on some kind of mm. traditional belief that the king deserves more than his yeah. people. Okay. And, I, and I think that's what gives them that, that kind of arrogance mm. um, to be able to say that nobody else cares about it. Okay, I'm just going to play this quickly. We'll be right back. When it comes to foreign investment, what is and what isn't allowed? What happens to your overseas money when you die? With the changes regarding overseas funds and how SARS treats you if you're a South African taxpayer, St. James Global has the answers for you. They've been doing this for years and focus on preserving and protecting offshore wealth as well as creating succession planning structures. Make sure your worldwide assets pass on into the future. Go to stjamesglobal.com for more information. That's stjamesglobal.com. 
your independent wealth managers. St. James Global is an authorized financial services provider. Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com. Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com. You're back with us on the Daily Mavic Show on Cliff Central. Just going into the karaoke portion of the show. Pop like you got something for us, man. No, you see now yeah. this is this is absolutely uncalled for. Okay. I was I was singing Alanis Morissette's Isn't It Ironic? Yeah. Just a few minutes ago, but I'm not gonna With the wrong words. Our, yeah, the the words were wrong. But I you know Ranjeni pointed out that it would be a great song to play because isn't it ironic that the presence just stood up in front of thirty two thousand people and Spoke about the importance of the constitution. They should have mixed it. Like you say a sentence and then they play a verse of the, <laughs> the, or a line from the song. And then he says some more and then they play a li- another line from the song. Hey, YouTubers, <laughs> get to it. Yeah, like how none of us are even going to yeah. attempt. Or like somebody yeah. should totally do that. Yeah. A million views. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Now you're making me think of the women's league versus the churches now. I was going to, you know, I was going to not talk about this, but I, I just love the idea that you have to forgive the president. Because the Lord's Prayer says And Ranjini goes to church So Ranjini Is this Was this the correct interpretation Of the Bible The Women's League saying That we must forgive the the president Well as it says in verse It says clearly And forgive us our trespasses As we forgive those who trespass against us I love how that's like the only prayer Isn't that from the Our Father? That's from the Our Father They just quote the most commonly known That's like that is go for the number one. So if yes, you go to the church, very next line yeah. in the Our Father yeah. is, and lead us not into temptation. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, so that fell apart pretty quickly. <laughs> I was just about to say, if you go to church, you have to forgive the president, and that's it. So not yes, not and the quite. president should not lead himself into temptation. Right, so you that's, know, that fell apart. And neither should the Guptas be tempted. Oh boy! Deliver <laughs> us from evil. Yes. So I'm glad that we're talking president and talking national now. And Jenny, you've written some interesting articles about sort of the state, the internal state of the ANC and sort of factions brewing and who's, who's on which side and where people are sitting now. And I'd just love to get a sort of temperature check from you post the Concord ruling and post the apology, non-apology about where things are sitting now inside the ANC. Okay, so the thing that I think um, shook things up was uh, the, the ANC Gauteng statement last week that um, was basically against the grain of where the national leadership mm was pushing the matter of the the outcome of the, the constitutional court case. So they, uh, the NC in Gauteng is saying the president should do the right thing and act in the interests of the NC to uh, rescue it from the crisis it is in. Mm. So um, before the NC uh, in Gauteng did this, there were several provinces that already came out in support of the president. Mm-hmm. So that was KwaZulu-Natal, Mpumalanga, Free State, Northwest. Um, and that is loosely the... Um, the uh, or, and the, the Eastern Cape, but that is loosely loosely the, um, the what is known as the Premier League faction in the ANC, and we know that they're solidly behind President Zuma, okay. um, and that they also backed by the ANC Youth League and the ANC Women's League. So we th- we know that this is now what what is shaping up to be the faction backing Zuma and backing whichever candidate they feel should succeed him will continue. 
um, you know, they, 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 they can, uh, or keep their network in power. Mm. So that's a network of business and, um, uh, political people okay. who, who run the state and, and, and have influence over how, what, what the country does. Okay. So they basically, after the, the National Working Committee of the ANC pronounced on the matter, these guys then like came out in full force behind the president. The matter was meant to rest there, okay. but it's not. We've seen that there have been some branches in Johannesburg that have come out that say, no, that the president should be recalled. Mm. Now you've got uh, NC Gauteng saying the president should do the right thing, but they're not also leaving it there. They're saying they're going to go back to structures, they're going to consult to structures, and then they're going to come back um, with a consolidated position, okay. which may or may not involve him being recalled or a special conference called, mm. um, which can then... Um, Remove him as ANC president Or they're also saying That they may refer him To the integrity commission So they've got lots of options On the okay. table um, But immediately Gwede Mantashe is trying to Shut it down You saw that he was saying That they have no authority To speak on these issues Funnily mm. enough He didn't say this When all the other provinces mm. Were speaking So they had authority To speak Yes yeah, So the, I, I mean I was talking to some people In the ANC in Gauteng And they say You know That they, they Are not really happy about that That um, you know They got shut down immediately mm. But everybody else has Um has leverage, you know, to campaign, uh, to, 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 sh- to shut the matter down. Um, so I think that the, what the ANC is trying to do is saying we, we need to, guys, we need to shut this down completely and just focus on the election message. We'll get back to it. So I think that's where the story that was in the Sunday Times, um, the lead story in the Sunday Times that says that there is some discussion of something happening after the uh, local government elections. Mm. So then there is a plan then to remove the president. But, you know, you cannot help but be suspicious of that, that that is just a stalling mechanism. And the ANC loves stalling mechanisms, by the way. They love to, to bury everything and say, we are looking at it. We are investigating mm. this. We mm. ask so-and-so to invest in the integrity commission, that this, that that. That's how they deal with every so, single crisis. So you think that that could be a ploy to say, look, we're taking this seriously. And there is a chance that the president will be removed, but just hold on, everybody. Let's yeah. just, just get through these time. votes Let's first. Yeah. We are not yeah. going to recall the guy. I mean, you heard that yeah. here on the Daily Maverick show. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You know, and uh, you can stake us on that. The whole show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's done. Right. Well, let's, let's, you know what? You, let's, let's, let's just go. Let's do it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah no, I'm kidding. Well, uh, you see, the the thing is that, the for example, the former MK commanders and combatants mm-hmm. issued a statement. They were calling for a special conference because only that special conference has the power mm. to remove him as ANC president. For as long as he remains ANC president, he remains present in every single meeting. So can you imagine this, that... NEC meets, NWC meets, national officials meets. There is the person sitting in the chair whom you're supposed to discuss and discuss removing. How does that happen? It's the ultimate awkward moment. <laughs> you know, you cannot have a frank discussion saying this guy is like screwing he's us out of up. Control yeah. or he's you can't, yeah. you can't do it. He's sitting there. So, you know, just the, the, the logistics of it is, or the, you know, the, it, it, it can't happen. And that was what, what was the problem with the last NEC meeting on the Gupta issue mm-hmm. as well, because President Zuma was sitting there defending his friends. And so you had to have, be really brave to stand there and say, but you're lying, Mr. President. And not many people in the ANC feel, feel able to do, are empowered to do that. Sorry, I was going to say, what do you think? So the ANC, uh, the Gauteng ANC PEC say after consulting their branches, they're going to go to the next NWC meeting. 
ahead of the NEC meeting that could, if it wanted to, take action on Zuma. So if we imagine um, Paul Mashatile speaking to the NWC, the top six and, and other officials of the of the top, you know, of the ANC, do you think that when, if they present this case, that we want action taken against the president, either to to refer him to the integrity committee, mm. or to suggest that he's recalled, or or any sort of other action, that the balance of forces on the NWC would take him seriously, or and could even in a in a is there any chance of them siding with? Gauteng and saying, oh, okay, like, we'll take what you're saying seriously and maybe take this to the NEC? Or is it just going to be wiped away? Okay, first and foremost, the Gauteng NEC is not saying that because they're expecting the result out of it. They're saying it so that its constituency knows mm. its position. So when they out there on the campaign trail and they say, people will be saying, particularly the middle class mm. will be mm. saying, why aren't you speaking up? They say, but we are. Mm. We've spoken up. Uh, we are here to consult you on this matter. Um, it's and called ask coverage. Yes, mm. yeah. Mm. So first and foremost, that's mm. that's the agenda behind it. That's what they're doing. They know that they're fighting a losing battle. Mm. They know they knew that from the t- if you if you remember what Paul Mashatile was doing on Kandla. At every single meeting he went to, he was saying, "I think we should pay back the money." Not even, "I think you should pay back yes, the money." He was saying, "Let's let's <laughs> do it, guys. Let's comrades. Let's yeah. pay the money. Come yeah. on, let's do it." He kept saying that. And that is why he's about the only guy in that NEC now who mm. da- is not covered with, uh, you know, in, uh, in the blood of Zoom. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. You know, well, he's a lot of religious <laughs> illusions. <right>? Sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, th- that's what he, they know that w- w- even when they take back the decision, whatever it is, uh, to the NEC or NWC, they're going to get it's 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 you know it's going to get be trash nobody's going to want to follow up on it but it's going to be there on record that's also going to help the NC in Gauteng in its campaign towards the next elective conference as it backs its new candidate because it's going to have to distinguish this current lot from the new guy whoever that may be I mean it's really encouraging for Gauteng I'm feeling just as you're talking about it it just feels great that somebody spoke up on Kangla speaking up now I don't, I know you're saying it's covering their asses, but it, you know, it feels good. You found that encouraging. Yes. <laughs> yes, but is it, the, the, the question then is uh, would sufficient people who would still have faith in the yeah. NC in Gauteng yeah. be still able to vote for the NC in Gauteng as a block on its own? Mm. Or do you have to see them in the context of the mm-hmm. NC monolith? I still think it's fascinating to see how this is going, the, obviously the whole issue with yeah. the president, but also, uh, Gauteng's move here to try and cover their asses, how it's going to affect the local elections coming up this month, where we have Johannesburg, Tswane. Yes. That are really up for, up for. Up for grabs, mm. yeah. Um, look, I, I mean, I, I don't think they could have done anything less. They needed to do that. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't think David Makura has been that terrible for Gauteng. I think he's been doing a fairly decent job. Um, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but, uh, you know, I think he's been doing a, a, a fairly decent job, and I think that's the best way forward for the ANC at this point, is to actually deliver. Um, so I we'll think, see. I think yeah. under, under the current premier, the ANC is reasonably, reasonably popular in the province. In terms of when we compare it to the, to I don't the, think to there's the been any body. backsliding, if that's what you're saying, and I agree with that. Hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure, um, if the province were up for, up for grabs right now, if the ANC wouldn't claw back a bit, a and bit they could, you vote. could very much have a split vote, so people could still vote ANC in Gauteng, 
uh, in, well, that will only be in 2019 mm-hmm. now, unless there's an early election. Mm-hmm. It's to still vote ends in Gauteng and then um, at national level vote for someone else. Yeah, yeah but I, and, and again, when, we, when, when you, one throws these numbers out, I think there is a link between, you, you know, people keep going on about how, how municipal elections about local issues, local mm-hmm. issues, local issues. Mm-hmm. The local issues in this country in a weird way are relatively uh, consistent. It comes down to service industry. When you blow that up to a national level, it's service delivery. It's delivery. It's 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 getting stuff back from the government for output, and uh, I think that's sort of that's where where all these issues sort of coalesce and 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 sort of smash into each other. So I think the perception of what how a region is doing nationally does feed back to how it's going to do in the in the local elections. I mean, there's been a lot of questions about the IEC and their readiness and and to 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 execute on the local elections. Are you and Jenny? How you how you feeling about that? Well, yeah, the the IEC was instructed mm. by the Constitutional mm. Court um, on the Clocker matter to um, uh, to ensure that those registered have provided their addresses, and I think they they're battling on on that issue. And there is also a lot of confusion about it now, um, in terms of those people who are already registered, whether that you need to, to vest your, yeah. your your residential address with them. Um, so I think you know they, they they've I don't know how many by elections they've postponed already, but I think there's a second round that they've already mm. postponed because um then after um this uh, residential address issue. So it is worrying. Um, but also there's the trust factor about the IEC. Um, you know, the, the, the IEC, like SARS, used to be like one of the most credible mm. institutions. Um, and although, you know, there, there were problems on the ground, uh, you know, there were always, uh, thing about things, about, uh, allegations about people being busted in, in areas. Yeah. Generally, there was faith. In that the, if they say the, this is what happened, this is yes, what happened. That, you know, no matter who the personalities yeah. are. Now that is not, so much the case, you know, that they, it, it, because there's no single institution that has been, been left untouched, um, by the, uh, the Zuma administration, they do, there is a, a big credibility gap, I think. And there's a case in point with this, and it, and it gives the opposition an interesting little, little bit of sneak room or wiggle room. After, after Hateng was so narrowly contested in the last elections, and, uh, remember, Ranjan, we were at the IEC for, um, Julius Malema's concession speech. What he was saying is that he came out and said, he said, no, 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 they lost Gauteng. They lost. What they did was play some games in, in Alexandra yes. and they won. The, I, the IEC is with the president. They lost. So it's interesting. I mean, what we could see much, much more of is exactly those kind of claims. And that sort of starts to dig away at the credibility of the entire process. And that's actually quite dangerous. I mean, if there's voter apathy in the country before the the IEC completely mm. detonates. Um, I can only imagine what what it'll be like after that. And I think that there is a real danger of uh, the results of the elections being contested uh, in several areas because of that trust deficit, mm-hmm. and that can be a real problem because you know you can have um, the uh, the results being taken to court yeah. um, or reruns. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's very. We, it is a precarious state now because we, we don't know how credible this election will be. It's going to be very interesting to see. I think it's on May 9 is the Constitutional Court's um, clarification of the IEC judgment. I think that's when it's going to be fascinating to really see mm-hmm. what they say about these elections going ahead. Cool, absolutely. We're just going to the last bit, and I'm, I'm glad that you, you, know, you brought up the opposition parties. I'd love to hear just you know, a bit of thoughts on their strategies going into the elections and, and this sort of game of, of, of how to 
how much attention to pay on Zuma, how much attention to sort of pay on launching their own manifestos on the EFF this sort of I think it's this week or this weekend. And you know, I'm just curious what, what your th- thoughts are on that. Well, I have this avalanche of hate from the Democratic Alliance. That's <laughs> that you oh. Yes, because I said I, I, I asked questions on Twitter yeah. about whether their strategy, what their strategy yeah. was in yeah. rushing into that impeachment vote yeah. and forcing the NC to close ranks. Um, so as a result of that avalanche of hate, I then got to sit down with Musi Maimani to mm. ask him these questions. And, you know, you, you have to sympathize with the guy because he is, he is stuck at the moment. He, he has to keep up, um, and, and undertake processes that he know he, he, he knows he can't win. Okay, so the, he he believes that they needed to make, make uh, because they they a party which projects itself mm. to to uh, you know to uphold constitutionality. They had to then go into that impeachment vote, okay. um, and that's not where the where the process ends. That they are now working with other opposition parties, um, you know, to try and uh, look into disciplinary action to have an ad hoc committee sit to look at, at the repercussions of the constitutional court judgment. So there are the processes underway. underway. But this, I mean, all these opposition parties are. At the moment on the campaign trail, which they're hitting hard, mm-hmm. but they have this, you know, a huge albatross to still uh, have to deal with. And, um, and there are not many options available to them mm. to have to hold President Zuma accountable in parliament. The place where they keep winning is the court. Mm-hmm. So I was asking Musi why don't you like keep hammering keep there? Going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that's where you win yeah. because, um, you know, the, the NC uses its majority, shuts you down. Mm. And he said that, you know, they have to exhaust every possible okay. option they have. So even if they keep losing in parliament, that's the parliament is a representation of, 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 of the people's will. They all put there for a reason. They can't just give up on parliament because they don't have a majority. So, you know, it's a tough place to be in. Julius Malema, on the other hand, is full frontal as usual. He's basically said at the, the press conference with, uh, on the outcome of the constitution, constitutional court judgment that they don't recognize the president as president anymore. If he tries to address parliament, they're going to remove him from the podium. Physically. Physically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've just got this head of Julius wrestling with about 20 <laughs> VIP and, security and Julius, guards. Julius has lost a lot of weight. So I don't know what he thinks he's going to be doing up there with those bounces. <laughs> but he's working out yeah. to be able to physically... Yeah, yeah that may be it. So just... Yeah. Sorry, just yeah, just on the DA's impeachment idea. Yeah, you went to March and you... you no, no, mean, for, yeah. firstly, on, on the impeachment idea, I think couldn't, just to take a cynical perspective, couldn't couldn't this impeachment idea, jumping to that, that makes the ANC close ranks around a failing president or a president with very negative perceptions or failing perceptions around, the, or failing favor around the country, benefit the opposition party? So even if it doesn't benefit the country by because they're effectively prolonging his stay... But they prolong the stay of someone who's very un- or growing more increasingly unpopular. So they look good. Yes, but they look to their own constituency. The thing that the opposition needs to do now is break into the NC's constituency. Exactly. Exactly. That's what they're yeah. not doing mm. effectively. And, and why why rushing the impeachment vote was a bit of a mistake because parliamentary politics are about negotiation. You actually need time. And the, time the, to the, swing people. The, Jackson Mtembo is in a new chief whip. He's basically saying he wants to promote cooperation mm. with uh, the opposition party. So there was space to maneuver, to actually set up maybe this disciplinary committee mm. or ad, ad hoc committee, had they not rushed into the impeachment mm-hmm. vote. That's mm. what I think. I saw uh, Musima Mani last week at the March to the Constitutional Court, and I don't think I've ever seen him with such 
um, so he was saying Futsek Zuma. Yes. You know, he's, very uh, he's, 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 he's Totsi number one, Totsi yes. number two mm-hmm. about the ANC. He's really ramped up the aggression yeah. in yes. his, yeah. Well, he's also have to play the game with Julius Malema because, you know, Julius is streets ahead of him when it comes to aggression. So, you know, headlines, man. So he can't really like take the namby pamby approach, you know, and, uh, and he is a wonk. I mean, what he would love to do more than anything is to sit down with, with data and numbers and, and legal case files and, and deal with politics in that way. I mean, that's, that's how, that's how Moosey thinks. Oh, he can be like, uh, Monsieur Lakota and just decide, I'm not doing this anymore and like walk out of parliament, <laughs> withdraw. I'm so and, tired, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, Cope has withdrawn from parliamentary politics, but I don't know where they, what they then do because they would say they may come back you know if there's a disciplinary process but you don't stage a walkout and then say okay but i may come back just now you need to like define the rules of your or your the terms of your walkout i'm sure all three of them are, uh, are greatly missed <laughs> yes <laughs> unfortunately that's all the time we have greg and jenny richard thank you so much everybody tuning in please remember to download the podcast share it far and wide and we'll see you next week same time the daily maverick show on cliffcentral.com